What's up, you beauties? Welcome to High and Wide Radio, episode 18, the trade deadline episode of season five. My name is Jim Icavone, and I'm joined by the one and only Jack Smith and boy wonder Travis Ballinghoff. If you're not listening live, please make sure to subscribe, follow, and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, and watch and subscribe on YouTube. Please feel free to leave a comment during uh, or after the episode uh, and leave a five-star rating uh, anywhere you listen to your podcast. Uh, be sure to hit the alert button uh, while you're listening on YouTube so you get alerts for when we're going to do another show. Uh, let's also shout out the affiliate site, fullpresscoverage.com. And while you're listening to the episode, check out our site, hwhockey.net, where you can now find the Podstreet Bully podcast and the Time My Skates podcast. A few new articles up on the site to check out. Make sure you check them out, written by uh, Paul Jackson and Anthony Chapern. Good stuff by those guys, as always. Uh, okay, boys, let's get right into it. So, a lot. I mean, in a way, we're lucky as, uh, I guess, you know, podcasters, media, whatever you want to call us, uh, because the Flyers always give us something to talk about, always. Almost never good, but we always have talking points. So in that way, I'm grateful to the Flyers. As a Flyers fan, I'm completely and utterly embarrassed. And they continue to embarrass us year after year. And... I'm wondering if last night was a low point for anybody else. Um, it wasn't enough that the Flyers got pumped by the Montreal Canadiens, who were missing, I believe, at least a quarter of their roster. They lost 5-2 at home, mind you. Uh, they then go up to Newark, North Jersey, to play the, uh, to play the Devils and get absolutely pumped by a better team, 7-0, right? And it's like, okay you can almost, almost understand, all right, the Devils are very good. You know, they just traded for Timo Meyer, who we'll get to all that stuff uh, later on in the episode. Um, but then they come home, you know, on a couple days rest. They played, they played valiantly, I, I would say, against uh, a Rangers team that's absolutely more skilled. I have no issue with the way that they played the Rangers. What I'm embarrassed about is they essentially played a road game against one of the most hated rivals, um, one of their most hated rivals. Uh, for me personally, I absolutely despise the New York Rangers, worse than, worse than the Penguins, worse than the Devils, you know, more than any team in the league. I hate the Rangers. Why do I hate the Rangers? Because of their fans. And who was in the building on Wednesday night, who occupied most of our building? Rangers fans. They're obnoxious. They're ugly. They're stupid. <laughs> they're rats. I, I hate them. I hate Rangers fans. They only show up when their team is, is relevant, right? And because when they're bad, they don't, they don't care about the Rangers. You know, they'll watch, you know, whatever else. They're like cockroaches, right? Now that the Rangers have Tarasenko, they got Patrick Kane. You know, they have all these guys. Now they all want to make the drive, you know, down the turnpike. They, they want to occupy uh, the Farg. And, and they took it over. <clears throat> and it was embarrassing. And it should infuriate fans. And if you were on Twitter today, fans were. They were angry. It, it, it's, it's a goddamn shame that we have to see that happen. There's nothing we can do as fans. 
I want to get your guys' opinions, but I mean, we're, we're powerless. Like, sure. We can stop going to games. We can stop watching games. We can stop, you know, we could stop buying merch, but the people in control, I don't believe know how to fix what they're doing. Comcast is running the flyers like they like they run their their TV internet phone service. They suck, right? And and it's it's not a coincidence. They suck. And so, you know, you hear a lot of fans sell the team, sell the team and I never really I'm like, okay, well, that's probably not going to happen. That's never going to happen, but today I'm I got to the point in thinking in all this and I'm like that needs to happen somehow, some way. Comcast cannot be associated with the Flyers. The Flyers are are basically being held hostage. The the team that we that we all love has been kidnapped and hijacked by this evil corporation that doesn't give a shit if they win or lose. They don't care about you or I. And that's evident by what they're you know the, these luxury restaurants that they're putting in Wells Fargo Center and they're advertising to, you know, to working class fans, right. Who uh, work nine to five jobs or, or, you know, work six, seven, eight o'clock at night. You know um, I mean, we're lucky if we get to go to a game, the average fan, who the hell is going to spend $90 for a steak at a flyers game. So this is what, this is what I'm saying. They don't know their clientele. They don't care. They don't care who the who Flyers fans are. They want to attract people who who want to go to Flyers games as a night out, right? And I don't think I don't think hockey fans in general, specifically Flyers fans, they don't go to Flyers games for a night out. I I, I don't know. I, I don't have a family, but it's people who go to Flyers games go to watch them win. They go because they love the sport. It's a niche. It's a niche sport, right? So it's a it's kind of a you know, a hardcore fan base, right? You can go to a Phillies game. Obviously, there are hardcore Phillies fans. You can go to a Phillies game and, you know, you can go for the food. You can go for the camaraderie. You can go to relax. It's a nice summer night out. You know, enjoy the weather, have an ice cream. And if they lose, that's okay. There's 161 other games. If you go to a Flyers game, there's four, there's 41 games. Tickets are over $100. No one gives a shit about a $20 milkshake, uh, a $100 steak at Adrian's, it's it's absolute bullshit what Comcast has done to this team. I, I kind of went on a little bit more than I wanted to here, boys. Um, so I want to hear like the the like the fog was blue last night for with Rangers fans. How did that make you guys feel, Jack? Well, first off, after your monologue there, I thought I was the negative one. Holy cow! <laughs> I mean, everything you said is completely right, which is. Geez, that was depressing. But like everything you just said is the epitome of what we saw at that Rangers game. I mean, all the decisions they've made, the direction they've leaned, the lack of care they've showed, all just was on full display in that game. And we've had some games that people kind of forget about where there was a little more fans from other teams in the stadium, but like this was like overwhelming. Like, and it was like, division rival like that i hate the rangers almost as much as you do jim like it's it's just where they are and where we are now and it's it was such a gut punch like i was so in and out of that game like it was just to begin and that just was 
ugly, disgusting. It really was. And I am, couldn't have said it better myself, but I think we're looking at everything we've been complaining about for the last, feels like almost the entire time we've had the podcast, <laughs> like pretty at least half the time, which is a, a, too long of a time, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And Crab, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you guys hit the nail on the head. Um, I'm not sure if I have too much to add. It's it's pretty pathetic. This stuff used to never happen. Um, I will say uh, I've been to a couple Flyers-Rangers games the last two years, and this has happened each time. This isn't anything new when the Rangers come to town. But, like, when I talked about – like, I, I sent a tweet out last season when this happened, and it actually did pretty decent numbers. Some bigger names actually commented on it and wrote about it. Um, but there were some fans in the comments who were like, eh – um, tickets are cheaper in Philly than New York. And I'm like, okay, well, this didn't happen two years ago, let alone 5, 10, 15, 20. Like, this never happens in Philly. We never get our stadiums invaded. We're the ones who do the invading. Um, and other people were like, eh, well, Comcast doesn't care because the tickets are still sold. And that's probably true to a large extent but you should be embarrassed because it shouldn't happen. And as far as sales, I mean, you're not selling merchandise and stuff like that. So obviously for many different reasons, it's better if the flyers um, it's the flyers fans rather than the Rangers. So Comcast should care. Do they, who the hell knows because it's a joke. And how about the game being blacked out on TNT last night for Comcast users, people who have Verizon Fios can watch it, but people who have Comcast Xfinity, the company that owns the team can't watch their own team in their own market. It's a fucking joke. And that's the, the perfect example of in, in, inadequate organizations across the board I've ever seen. Like it is, it is thing after thing with them, never ending. It is unbelievable how far we've fallen. And yeah, they probably chalked that game up to a win. You know, well, every and I, I get all your points, but every seat was sold. Like, isn't that sad, man? The difference between the Snyder and this. Oh, my God. It makes it makes me really scared that they're ever going to crawl out of this hole. And you know what? Torch said it perfectly. This is on us. We make our own beds. This is on the Flyers organization. If we want to get it changed, everything has to be changed. Top to bottom, team's got to start putting up results. Yeah. And so here's a question for you guys. Tortorella is only the coach, right? Like, obviously, you know, we're expecting, I think, more from him. Um, you know, we're kind of – he's ch obviously, he's changing the culture of the hockey team. You know, he's creating a new standard. But it also feels like he's been tasked with changing the culture of, you know, the organization. Somewhat. 100%. And I'm not sure – so I have – 100% faith in John Tortorella that he's going to try to do that. Sometimes, though, and this was, the, this was the first time for me that I wondered, if the task is too great for him, if, if this is a losing battle, he's going to need a lot of help. He, he can't just do it on his own. Uh, and, and where's that going to come from? Like, if... Tortorella is criticizing people above him and giving people above him a bunch of shit. Because let, let's face it, this is this team's a, it's a corporate franchise now. It's run like a corporation. Corporations don't like 
guys like John Tortorella who are going to bark up the tree, right? They, they like guys that say yes. They like guys like Chuck Fletcher that are not going to cause any issue. You know, if, if, they're, if they want things done, he's the guy that's going to carry out the marching order. He's going to say, yes, I'll do it. You know, those people sort of use guys like John Tortorella as long as he's not barking back. Once a guy like Tort starts barking back up the tree, he, he ain't going to be around much longer. And so I want to see if that's possible. I want to see, you know, if, if who's going to, who's going to help John Tortorella change the flyers because it's not going to be a one man thing. It's, it's just not going to be possible. And, you know, I know thinking that way, it's depressing and maybe a little discouraging. Um, uh, But here we are though. This is the reality of the Philadelphia flyers today. You know, I, we hear all the time that, you know, there, there are some older guys hanging around that, you know, are, are pulling the strings here. Um, Jack, I think we heard today, I, I don't remember where we saw it in the group chat, something about Bill Barber. Do, do you remember that one? Yeah, it was Anthony Sanfilippo that uh, had said that. And uh, that was surprising. It could He could have been a name that was dropped early on in the Dave Scott tenure that we all just kind of forgot about. But I don't remember seeing his name at all. So that was very surprising. I just outside of being on the Broad Street bully teams, I don't understand the appeal of of uh, Bill Barber. He did, he had one like good year coaching. He's mostly been a scout. He got fired from Tampa. He he was in Tampa in some capacity when they were really bad. So it's not like he's gone off and proven he's worth a damn in the league and an executive role. So for him to be given like, you know, the hand of the King to Steve Scott, like that was like one of the last names I was thinking of. I came kind of came out of nowhere and what the hell is this guy feeding him? Well, he's, he's been there a while. Um, I mean, he's part of the advisor group with Holmgren, Clark and Dean Lombardi. And I think we talked about this maybe last show, but um, some people don't want to admit it. But I heard from someone that I trust a lot who has more knowledge on the situation than anybody that this current advisor group gets asked their opinion on hockey decisions more often than any other advisor group that the source has ever seen. And that source has been around hockey for their entire lives, and it's a long life he's lived. And that's really worrisome. So I heard that rumor as well, and I totally believe it. But like what Anthony Sanflippa made it seem like was that Clark bought, I don't know when, like I I was saying, like it could have been brought up when Dave Scott first came around in our lives. I just don't remember it. But Bill Barber was brought back, like Dave, uh, Bobby Clark gave a, you know, a job because it didn't work out elsewhere. Mm -hmm. But like it's made it sound like he was, the direct, I guess the direct liaison, he, he literally said like, it's not so much Clark and Holgram. They do still give good advice to him or whatever, but like it was Bill, he like singled out Bill Barber as the name. Like, like he made it seem like it wasn't the, the group mostly it was Bill for some reason, like Bill's I, his, 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 um, the word tutor for like yeah. what hockey is. And that was, that was alarming. Because it also came out of nowhere. I do believe that's true. Um, I can't say that with certainty, but I do think that they're kind of buddy, buddy, partner, partner. I believe, I believe Bill Barber's more than 
there more than the other guys. Wow. Yeah, didn't expect that. And if if I if it was, if you asked me, he's there. What do you think he does? I'd have thought he was like, a, you know, working for Clark. That you know, that would have been my initial thought. But it seems I don't want to say the other way around. But it seems like he's got considerably more pull, which is the way. That's the way Anthony Sanfilippo made it sound. Yeah. Um, another name I should mention in there is Jimmy McCrossin is a uh, advisor now. He's joined the other four. That's interesting. <laughs> I wonder if they just wanted to keep him happy, you know? Yeah, right. Probably. I mean, after everything that, that, you know, that came out, it was like, Hey, we'll toss you some money. Uh, no, you know, let's kind of, let's try to smooth this. Out. I mean, I don't know. That's me assuming. So I don't want to put anything out there that that's not true. And, you know, um, so yeah. All right. Yeah. I, I mean, embarrassing times for sure. This is a trade deadline episode. We spent way too much. We spent more time than I thought, but obviously we had to get a little bit out because, it's frustrating. It sucks. It's a joke. Yeah, it is a joke. <clears throat> All right, so let's touch on some uh, some flyers topics here. Uh, this is a little bit from last week, the Joel Farabee incident. Um, Trav, I feel like you can kind of clear this up uh, a little bit better than most. So uh, Sarah Valley put something out. He put an article out about how Farabee's camp uh, is not happy with the way the season's playing out, and uh, you know uh, what people do with this sort of with sort of thing is. They instantly pick sides, right? And it's like, oh, Farabee's unhappy. You know, he can, you know, walk his ass on out of here, um, yada, yada. Or people get mad at Torts. You know, why is Torts sitting, you know, one of their better players, yada, yada. Uh, maybe you can provide a little bit more clarity about how things actually go uh, in, in the big league. So what, what likely happened here is – it could be something as simple as Joel and Torts don't like each other and it's not going to work out and there needs to be a divorce. It could be that simple. Um, but it this kind of came out after he was benched in Calgary and Elliot Friedman reported that if TK was healthy, um, Joel was probably going to be a healthy scratch that night and he only ended up playing three minutes. Um, so what, what could have happened there is – Joel Farabee's agent, and this they're not blindsiding Chuck Fletcher or the Flyers front office at all. Um, they're probably not happy with um, maybe some of the things Tort says in the media about Joel or the ice time that he's getting. Um, maybe they've had some back and forth that didn't go in the way that Joel preferred. Um, so they're unhappy. And that's not saying, oh, Joel wants out or anything crazy like that. It's putting pressure on the organization that, okay, we're not happy and we want to be here, but if things don't change, we might have to ask for a trade. So that's why an agent will put something like that out into the media that it kind of starts sparking up some rumors and it becomes national attention so that it puts more pressure on the flyers front office and coaching staff. Okay. We got to get this thing straightened out. Mm-hmm. And that, that's basically what agents are for, you know, like the, the player's frustrated. Uh, not that it evens things out, but he'll go to the agent. Hey, you know, I'm not happy with the way things are going here. You know, I want to be here, but, you know, I want to play more than three minutes a night. Yeah, He's looking out for his client, basically the agent. You know, this isn't at least the way that I interpreted it. It wasn't fair to be coming out and saying that he's not happy in, in Philly. I mean, he's, not he grew up not too far from Philly. I think he's from he's from New York or something, right? Farabee, is that correct? I believe 
North Jersey. He grew up a Philly fan. Okay. So obviously he wants to be here. Um, but like you said, if things keep playing out the way they are, I mean, you know, he's got to think about his, his self as well. And so his agent will put something out and, you know, I'm sure everybody heard towards the next day, like, Oh, what's his agent spouting off? Like tell him to shut up or, or whatever. And it, like the, this is what they're doing. It, it's not, it, it's games really, you know, it's, it's games. It's, uh, the agent putting pressure on Torts to play Farabee more and stop stop playing around with his minutes. And, you know, Torts is trying to do the right thing for his team and for the player. Um, so I'm not sure if it was anything more than that. Uh, Jack, did you want to uh, add in anything on this one? No, I mean, my initial thought when I heard, first heard it, I was kind of surprised. Like, Farabee was not the kind of guy, you know, I would think would have an issue like that or be vocal about it, like, already – and uh, I think Travis sum- summed it up pretty nicely why it, it was. And it's kind of like makes me feel better. Like, yeah, he doesn't strike me as a guy to just spout off for like because he's pissy or something like that. There, I, I can't be mad at him for wanting to be here, but wanting to play more. The whole season probably frustrating for him. His offseason was awfully frustrating for him. Like, what the hell happened? Mm-hmm. You know, he's on a pretty upward trajectory. Like we, everybody liked him, new contract and you know, this neck rare neck thing happens where only he and Michael and one other player have ever had the surgery. And it was just in June. Like, you know, I'm sure he's frustrated all around and he's got probably prideful and wants to play more than three minutes a night. I'm not going to, I definitely don't for that. And, you know, if you got to do things a certain way, because that's the way it puts pressure on the organization to get what you want. Well, I can't blame him. I'm not going to, originally I was a little concerned, but now I'm not concerned at all. Yeah, hey, I really don't think it's a an issue. As long as um, I, I don't see him getting traded, and it already seems like Torts has given him more minutes since then. He's playing a lot with Frost and Tippett lately. Um, I don't really think it's an issue. Now, if something else were to come out that like they don't like each other, then that's an issue. But I I don't really think there's an issue right now. It's just a matter of they're not happy with the ice time, and they're just hoping – kind of gets resolved a little bit yeah yeah for sure all right let's move on to the guy that uh the other travis here travis connect me out uh they're calling it week to week but he's going to miss multiple weeks for sure uh, and quite possibly the rest of the season man what a shame here uh this was was getting hot uh, of late right before he got hurt uh it was a weird Hit, uh, he was hit from behind. Uh, I think we're still unsure what he injured. They're calling it an upper body injury. Um, somebody I think said it was his... either his left shoulder or his left arm. Okay. Yeah, uh, I did see something that said he had his arm in a sling uh, after the game. Uh, it's unfortunate. You know, the guy set career highs in goals and, and um, 27 goals on the season in just 52 games. Uh, point per game player fit this, this season, 54 points in 52 games. Uh, just disappointing. You know, he was on pace for 40 goals at one point. Um, you know, it would have been nice to see how he would have finished points wise if he could have finished point per game. Um, but overall, if, if this is the end of Travis Konechny's season, um, I think, you know, one of the most, if not the brightest spot uh, of the 2022-2023 season. Uh, ap- I mean, barring a trade, because apparently everybody's uh, available or, or open to talk about. Um, this is a piece that, you know, they're going to absolutely use uh, on the team going forward. Um, but it also may have come at the right time, right? Because, 
you know, the, the Flyers are running into a bit of a wall here. Um, Tortorella has mentioned a lot of the players are, are, are running into some fatigue. He's sitting some guys while also the strength of schedule. Uh, I think I saw the Flyers have out of the seven bottom teams in the league, they have the toughest schedule remaining. And it's certainly looking that way as they've been getting their asses handed to them of late. Um, Jack, you want to talk about the season Travis Konechny had to this point? You know, I'm gonna be honest. If very when I heard he was probably gonna be out this season, the very first thing of that I thought of was like, now the narrative is gonna be, but can he score 30 goals? <laughs> and, and I, this was no doubt in my mind he was gonna pass it. I'm thinking 35. You know, God forbid you have a really good stretch, flirt with 40. But no, I was like, he's gonna pass 30 at easily. And now as soon as that happened, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, I, I know this is what they're gonna talk about, but you said it. You said it right. Like brightest part of his career so far of the season by far and you know everything's looking up um from a drafting perspective couldn't have couldn't have happened to a better guy <laughs> you know it's it sounds that sounds kind of rough but to be honest with you what you said about their schedule coincides with losing Konechny among uh, you th- would think trading players <laughs> we'll get to that i'm sure um <laughs> You know, it just made sense that they could like get into the conversation. It's not even necessarily for Bedard, but like the top five, which I, I still know I'm reaching, but I'll take whatever I can get. I mean, there's there's hope. I, there's always hope. You know, if they can finish bottom five, six, well, I, they still have a shot at one. I mean, obviously a smaller shot, but there's still a shot, correct or no? I need a shot. As long as you're top 10. Okay. Top 10, baby. Yeah, I, I think, you know what? Like, very unlikely that this would have happened, but like I did talk about this at the end of the off season, perfect case scenario this season is all the young guys improve frost tippet show their NHL players connect me bounces back heart bounces back, but we finished 10th, but we get lucky in the lottery. Yeah. That'd be something. That would be the perfect season. That would be perfect with, scenario. With everything that Torts has been doing, how I was saying, like, wouldn't it be great if we were having this season and we already had the prospect we need to, like, you know, um, build around? Like, that would be like you still somehow got him and everything was laid out. The only thing you could screw us up is the upper, upper office. But still, that would be insane. I feel like we deserve that. We've been through too much, more than any franchise, honestly. I think we deserve something, Dean. You're right about that. We never that. had anything. We had we had to go get Lindros. We weren't given him. We had to go get him. You know, we deserve something. Like the fuck? Yeah. Whoa, that was close. <laughs> <laughs> like you were gonna, gonna drop an f bomb? Yeah, almost like the Oilers. They got like this. This episode started out like there was going to be a couple f bombs in this one. Yeah, we're doing pretty well. well you know what I found out the other day that the Flyers traded for Eric Lindros on my birthday. June twentieth. Oh, wow. Never knew that. Maybe maybe that's that the jinx. <laughs> what day were Richards and Carter traded? <laughs> Man, I, I think June it was twenty third. Close, <laughs> right? I don't know. <laughs> that sounds right. It it was like June something, but it's Definitely the same June. date that they traded JVR, and the same date they traded Chen, and the same date they traded Hartnell. Well, that's Is good, it the twenty third. It's something closer. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like the Flyer Doomsday. All right, let's move along here. We're getting closer to our trade deadline stuff, guys. So if you're if you're hanging out, hang tight. We're we're getting there. Uh, Isaac Ratcliffe, HW Hockey, HW Radio alum, uh, former <laughs> guest of the show, was traded to the Nashville Predators for future considerations. Um, Jack, I mean, we had him on the show. He 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 talked a lot about his game. Very nice kid. Um, 
obviously the skill is there. He did it with the it was the Kelowna Rockets, right? Is that correct? The 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 mm-hmm. hang on, I have his stat. Oh, it's the Guelph Storm. I'm sorry. I was gonna say I thought it was Galupe or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Galupe, yeah, the Galupe. So 41 goals and 50 goals uh, he scored with Guelph. I think they won the championship or made it to the championship in his last season. Um, yeah, 30 points in the insane playoffs. playoff run. Yeah, he did. 15 goals, 15 assists in 24 games. This was a kid drafted in the second round uh, under under uh, Ron Hextall. I think a lot of us were excited about 35th overall, uh, six foot six, 200 pounds. Um, you know, didn't do much with the Phantoms until uh, last season. 28 points in 59 games, 11 goals. Uh, had a brief stint up with the Flyers, 10 games, four points a goal, and he looked pretty well. He was playing in a bottom six role. Uh, looked like maybe he could stick around. I think he faded out towards the end of that 10 game stretch. Um, this season under Ian LaPerriere, just 26 games, uh, only four points, two goals, two assists for Isaac Radcliffe. Did have an assist in his first game with the Milwaukee Admirals, but overall, you know, disappointing as a second as a second round pick for the Flyers. Uh, I think we were all hoping for maybe, hey, maybe the Flyers have a, a goal scorer on their hands, right, Trav, or no? Yeah, that's what I was hoping. Um, when they first drafted him, I mean, he played preseason games and he looked really effective. Um, like you mentioned, he had a really good junior career. He played with, uh, Nick Suzuki. They grew up with Nick Suzuki as well. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I always kind of secretly hoped that them three would be on a line together one day. Obviously that's never going to happen, but, um, yeah, you also mentioned it. Like he looked good in his stint last year when he first came up and then he started taking a lot of penalties and then his game fell off. And like, we just, we never saw him again. Like I was really hoping he was going to be like a good power play to net front guy, maybe bottom six uh, contributor. Um, I've never really seen a ton of them actually play, but like things that I've heard is that he's just not good along the boards. Like he does not win board battles and coaches ain't going to play you very often if you're a winger and can't win any battles. No, this is a guy who, why you think people like, Oh, you bought into the Hextall Kool-Aid. This is another example of that. This guy was originally in his draft year listed among the top 15, top 10 in some lists, and he fell, and that happens. You know, it was too far out from the draft, but he was highly regarded by not just the Flyers, like, you know, everybody who covers the draft. So when they trade up and get him in the second round, it seemed like a home run. People were saying, well, we'll pretend we got Morgan Frost in the second round, and I uh, – Ratcliffe in the first round. I remember that. I remember people saying that, and I agreed with it. I was like, yeah, this guy could have easily won top 15 or whatever. And um, for him to not at all pan out, that's where the Hextall hate comes from. But we bought in because he was getting these guys who we were being told are hidden gems that, you know, so like it was a double whammy. And it's, when we had him on, he knew what his flaws were. And for a bigger body kid like that to be weak along the walls, and then think about the league that he played in. And I, I remember being told, like, what his deal was, like, he's got, he's skilled, he's talented, but he plays in a, a league where that's good. That's, that's like your best asset. Actually, using your body wasn't exactly something he did very often. So, have to, going to have to do it. He just couldn't make the transition, and, you know, among other things, other issues he's had. You know, he wasn't perfect by any means, but that was a major thing as well. And yeah, what a shame! <laughs> like, what can I say? What a what a what another shame to the list. Yeah, unfortunately. <clears throat> um, so yeah, uh, Flyers got future considerations from Nashville, which 
to me, that basically means they were looking to open up a, you know, a contract spot for what? I don't know. Hopefully. Um, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. To me, that means they're just done with Ratcliffe, you know, doing him a favor, giving him a change of scenery and they didn't really care what, what they got back. So that's that. We're not going to spend too much time on Isaac Ratcliffe. If you want to listen to the episode, you can go back and listen. I think it was in maybe season three. Um, I can post it in the uh, comments here later on in the episode if you like, or go back and look for yourself, guys. Come on, Jim. Maybe they'll get lucky. And they'll, listen to, <laughs> they'll get lucky and they'll listen to the episode before, where right before we have him on, Kyle says, uh, "Yeah, he's not going to amount to anything." <laughs> <laughs> that was it. The Jinx yeah, right there. True story. <laughs> Uh, okay. So Chuck Fletcher had a press conference for whatever reason on Tuesday, oh, I think uh, it was. And, uh, yeah, they, they talked about, to me, it seemed like they were, and, I, and I'm going to be honest here, but this doesn't mean I like Chuck Fletcher, but it felt like he was finally admitting a direction <laughs> and cause it, cause it's like, they've been a little secretive about not, <clears throat> So secretive is the wrong word. I just think that they don't really know. I think, I mean, it feels like there's a tug of war. Like, let's go this way. Let's go this way. But it, it, long story short, admitted that they're selling and they're looking for younger players to replenish the roster. They're looking for younger players and picks. And um, so he was asked, does that mean that you are rebuilding? And I understand that he doesn't want to use that word because to me, a rebuild means, you know, you're selling, uh, let's say, players like Provorov and, you know, uh, Hayes, yada, yada. Like you're actively trying to sell core players of the roster. To me, that's what a rebuild is. And you're looking for picks and, you know, good prospects. It's not necessarily a rebuild is what it, it sounded like. It, it sounds like they're trying to rebuild on the fly here mm-hmm. remain competitive while still you know if they're if they're going to trade a haze if they're going to trade you know somebody of any significance on the flyers they're trying to trade older players 28 29 you know 30 year old guys for players under 25 you know and it sounded to me like they would rather trade for players that they can put straight onto the roster over picks which Hey, you can have your opinion on how you want to build a team, but to me, it sounded like, okay, well, that's something that sounds like a plan at the very least. And it's like, okay, if that's the plan, the next part of that is doing it. Otherwise it's just lip service. Right. And I think I even tweeted something out similar to that. And, you know, a lot of people were angry because it sounded like, I guess they thought I was putting a positive spin on the press conference when really I was just saying, hey, Fletcher's coming out and saying he, there's a plan. He let you know what he planned on doing. But I also put, now let's see what the trades are, which means that's great if you have the plan. Thank you. Finally, you have to execute it, though. And up to now, Thursday night, let me see what time it is, 922. Aside from Isaac Ratcliffe, who is not on the NHL roster, Chuck Fletcher's <laughs> not made a trade. There's been nothing done. And we've talked about this. The, the thing we worry most about Chuck Fletcher is he waits too long. 
And here we are. The deadline is tomorrow at three. The enti- I feel like the entire NHL has made a trade. <laughs> and, and here we still are with JVR, Justin Braun. Like, I just don't know. It's, it's like, this is what I mean. And maybe I'm the sucker because I'm like, all right, well, this is great. Like, there's, there's the plan. This is what fans want. We want honesty. We want, you know, upfrontness. But now it's like, dude, you need to act. You need to follow through here. So uh, what did you guys get from that? Uh, or, or am I just kind of, you know, still under the spell or something, Jack? Uh, dude, the way they treat the word retold was the first thing that was hilarious. <laughs> like, it is like, you know, he who shall not be named. Like, it's unbelievable. Um but yeah, in, in a sense, it was a direction, whether I agree with it or not, completely different, you know, conversation, but admitting a direction is the first step, you know, hey, give him that, you know, only took him, what, six years, um, but it's, it just goes right into the execution, like you're saying, and we joke about it, but it's always in the back of your mind, like, this is like, you know, there's seeds of truth here, and now it's coming to fruition. Like, even if he does get something done by the time I wake up tomorrow, does he have time to do anything else? Or am I, it's just all or nothing at this point, you know? And we're all honestly at the point where, like, we're already prepared for nothing to happen and how we're going to react to it. Although I know if it actually happens, I'm going to get turned up about six notches. Because, like, it, this is literally his job. You know, this is what you do, whether or not you believe a second, third, fourth or fifth is really all that worth it in the end. That's irrelevant. This is his job. This is what he's supposed to do. Like it, it, everybody, like you said, almost every other team, what three, three teams have not made a trade in the entire NHL. And we're the, one of the teams that needs to make them the most. Is by that far. true? What's that? There's only three teams that haven't made a trade. Yeah. Josh put that in the chat. Oh it, my God. Yeah, it's and and uh, somebody said something. I think it was Hoagie said, uh, "Well, he traded Ratcliffe." I was like, "I'm sorry, I'll change it." Uh, they're the <laughs> these three teams are the only teams to not receive any aspects assets back. Oh my god! It, yeah, I forgot the other two teams, but yeah, Philly was one of them. Like it, three of the entire league, and we need to make them the most. I don't care if all they get to seventh. Like this is exactly we talked about him making the wrong deal. We didn't talk about until pretty recently him not making any deal at all, which seemed unfathomable. But here we are. Yeah, Trav, go ahead. You want to follow follow up? Um, as far as the press conference goes, I don't care what the hell the dude says because he's a lying piece of shit, <laughs> and he's been lying to us for years. What? He's right. Um, so I don't care. I don't care what he says in a press conference because I don't believe him. And he's lied to us before about the aggressive retool and things before that. Won't get into that. Um, as far as the direction, I completely agree with you though. Like it was pretty obvious when they go out and they sign a Delorier and they trade for a D'Angelo and you bring in Tortorella. Well, you're not bottoming out the roster and rebuilding that way. That's the way I would have did it. Um, there, you said it perfectly. They're going to try to rebuild this thing on the fly. Do I think it works? Hell no, but that's what they're going to try to do. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the plan. This is what I was afraid of, Jim. When I said just burn it, just break it down now. And instead of having to wait 12 years, maybe it's only six. Where right. the counter argument was I only want to wait two and a half. And I get that. <laughs> I get that. But the guys running the ship 
aren't anywhere near smart enough to pull that off. Yeah, and that that's becoming more and more evident uh, as you know more information is coming out, and you know the, the the I just don't I don't know what. Okay, sure, like we know Chuck Fletcher's plan, but what is the plan for? Chuck Fletcher like what what are we doing like so as far as the deadline goes I hate to defend this dude but this is kind of the way I saw it happening is that everything we did was going to be on Friday because let's be honest here our players aren't very good and like JVR's a plan C, D for most teams. Like the Flyers have been trying to trade JVR for a couple years now. The fans have wanted JVR traded for a couple years now. Why? Because they think he sucks. So why are we supposed to expect that other teams want JVR? Why are we supposed to expect that teams want to give up a first round pick for JVR if we all think he sucks? Right. And then you look at Justin Braun. Anyone who's watched Justin Braun play this year. anyone who's watched Justin Braun play this year should not want them on their hockey team in the year of 2023. I'm sorry, but that's how I see it. The guy can't play in the NHL anymore. Who else you got? McEwen, broken jaw, probably not going to get moved. Patrick Brown. What is he? A 13th, 14th forward at best. Who's played like apps. Like I don't even hate Patrick Brown. I think he's an okay depth guy. The guy's been terrible the last couple of weeks. Why? Like, all these guys that are rentals that it seems like Chuck's trying to trade, and this isn't counting Provorov, Sanheim, Hayes, other guys who have been in rumors. I'm talking about the rentals right now. They're they're everybody's plan C, D, E, or F. Like everyone's gonna anybody who would trade for them guys, it would be last second because you missed out on someone else that you wanted over him. And every team, except for three, have made a move. So the fact that they'll be looking for plan E, F, or G, according <laughs> to none. And this is also a guy in his very first trade deadline with the team, waited to the last possible second with Simmons, had a deal brokered with a team that Simmons would not go to and had to pivot and ended up with considerably less than we expected. And I can see something similar. I, I definitely agree with him waiting to the last second. I think we even mentioned that before. We're just getting nervous as we get closer. Mm-hmm. But he, I can see him waiting too long, having something fall apart, and having to settle for absolute junk or just flat out not be able to make the trade in time. Like I, I hate defending him, and he doesn't deserve the benefit of the doubt because he's bad at his job and he's a lying piece of shit. <laughs> but this is just the way I've seen it going down. Yeah, I, I in hindsight, we probably all should have. I don't know what to say. Because <laughs> I think a good GM probably could have gotten something of value for a James Van Reams, Dyke. Um, I think, you know, what we're seeing, and for whatever reason, it needed to be reminded again that Chuck Fletcher is just not a good general manager. Like... Well- it's not even that I give him the benefit of the doubt anymore. It's just like, okay, Chuck, this is a chance for you to to redeem yourself a little bit yeah. or prove people wrong that you can actually, you know, get something for an expiring UFA who, you know, can play power play minutes and, you know, can score power play goals and can be of value can to a playoff team. Can you score power play sure. goals? <laughs> I mean, so like, <laughs> in a way, how maybe do you in the past. Sell- 
How do you sell them though? Like the Flyers power play has been absolute. It's been not good for years now. And so it's like, okay, well, you know, JVR would be the perfect guy for your team, you know, uh, second round. And then, pick, and then you bring up the stats that Frank Saravalli put in his article last week that he ranks in the thirties and forties at shots on net in the post area in the crease. And it's like, Oh, well this guy spends all of his minutes on the ice in that area. He should be way higher than the thirties and the forties. <laughs> he's ineffective there. It sucks. But the one thing he was like really good at, he's not even good at it anymore. Yeah. I've never true. seen him deflect pucks all the time. I feel like I haven't seen it. That it doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, I mean, ah, we've it's scary. He's somehow gotten worse from what he was, and uh, I was never. I don't want to say that I was ever. I was never a JVR fan. I was always just kind of indifferent to him. I, but I always used to argue that he needed to play with, you know, a creative player like a like a Giroux or you know even like a Morgan Frost type guy. And you know now he's he's thirty four now, right? I mean, he's not a spring chicken. Like the guy's. It's funny because I, I feel like even though he was a little bit older, I was always like, ah, he just needs he needs a guy. He needs to play with someone that can, you know, create for him and make space for him. But no, he just he's was like the, what he he's was. He's like the most one-dimensional player I've ever seen. Yeah. And it, it is strange because, like, for a while there, he was playing good hockey with Frost and um, Tippett. Like he was making plays down low. He's winning board battles, like stuff we haven't seen recently in the last couple of years with JVR and all that's gone away. Like he's just, he's there. It He's doing nothing out there. He, he kind of strikes me as another one of those guys who's like, yeah, I, you know, I'm at the end of my career. I made my millions. If I don't win a Stanley cup. That's fine. You know, I got a beautiful wife, a family, whatever. I got, you know, a house down here. I got a house up in Minnesota. Like, what do I need to bust my ass for anymore? You know, he's someone's going to sign him for a couple million next year. I'm sure. I mean, it is what it is. He, you know, so it's unfortunate. It's just the, the flyers, the past couple GMs have just signed players to for way too much money and way too long. And I think we talked about this on a past episode, uh, worse signing JVR or Kevin Hayes. And I think they're both gonna hamstring the fly i mean they're not gonna get anything for jvr he was here all five years made seven million each year uh, i don't think he scored 30 goals once uh no. kevin hayes having a, a pretty nice season especially for kevin hayes standards this year but you know if the flyers move them they're likely going to have to retain salary um i i am i don't really one- think that's an issue you're you're not making a i mean if, if you retain salary and get an extra pick out of it. I think it's worth it. Oh yeah. Maybe I would hate it just be, just because if, if the goal is to, you know, win and maximize cap while Tortorella is here, I hate the idea of dead cap space, but that's me being a little bit stubborn. Are, are we talking Hayes or JVR? You thought you were talking JVR. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, my, my bad. I apologize. I thought I thought we were still on JVR. I did too for a second. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. JVR retain it all. If it helps you yeah. get the maximum value, who cares? Um, but but Hayes, I, I hate the idea. Even if it's two million, I just I hate the idea. I know I'm, I'm I'm there with you. I don't love the idea unless unless it gets you a first. Yeah, compensation has to be ridiculous for yeah. you to consider it. Otherwise, what does it matter? Mm-hmm. 
Not as far as but it goes to the what you were saying. If they're going to retool on the fly, they're going to have to move a guy like him out, mm-hmm. which is stupid because it's going to hang. It's going to hamstring them even more when you look at the contracts they have, the Ellis's, the what the hell's going on with Couture and Atkinson and all that stuff, you know. And what really scares me is the, like you talked about good GMs and bad GMs, and you see what like Detroit's doing. Like I think they have like a realization. Like maybe it's a good time to sell now and just go with some other pieces. I know they've been selling, but like they traded some guys, you know, they're kind of retooling a little bit differently. They moved a lot at the deadline, got, got assets. And they, a reason I believe they did that. It's not, it's not too, you know, secretive. The East is ridiculous, especially the Metro who we, that's the division we're in. So why the hell would they try to retool on the fly? They're going to suddenly compete with the Rangers, the Canes, the Devils who are up and coming like you wouldn't believe. Uh, they're going to compete with those teams. I understand that Washington and Pittsburgh's falling off a bit, but are you are you unclear of the other teams, not to mention the Torontos, the Tampas, and um, even Buffalo, Boston? Like like these teams are they're lapping the Flyers as it is, and your your plan is to retool on the fly. Like that's they're just going to be exactly where they were, if not worse. These these the East, all the power is in the East. All the good players got traded to the East for the for the most part. If you look at the trade deadline, sure. so, so to trade to retool on the fly is one of the dumbest decisions they could have come up with. And the and the two biggest free agents are already off the board: Larkin and Pasternak. Mm, exactly. There you go, signed today. Yep, that's a exactly. good point. Last, yeah, last thing, with, last thing on JVR. Last thing on JVR before we move on. I remember being so happy when he was signed to five years, seven mil rather than the seven years, six mil a year. Mm -hmm. That was rumored. Could you imagine if we had JVR for three more years or two and a half? (laughs) They would have given up the 2023 first. And I I was that guy who I loved JVR when he was here the first time. Mm -hmm. I was pissed when he was traded. And I was that guy on Twitter who would tweet every couple months, imagine if our top line was JVR, Drew, and Voracek. Like, I was that clown. And when they brought <laughs> him back, I was so happy. He was one of my favorite players. We brought him back. We got a goal scorer, and it just has not worked out. We were the same way. You remember, Jack? I'm trying – I think that was back, like, when we well, first well, started yes, off. It it's on YouTube still, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 did, I did watch it this year just out of curiosity. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, well, a lot of it also was the team didn't do shit in the offseason for so many years. So when they finally got a free agent, and it's a guy most people, he was a fan favorite the first time he was here. It was like a win win, you know? And I was like, yeah, I'd rather have him for more money now, but shorter term instead of dragging out. So I was in the same boat. And it's just amazing how things have turned out. <laughs> My God. I don't even know what teams are left. We were talking off air before the show that Winnipeg seems to still be kicking the tires on JVR. Uh, Dallas, Vegas. Vegas is still kicking the tires as well. Calgary's added anybody. No. I think it, was it one sounded of like Calgary might end up selling. Oh, yeah, which really. is what we discussed last week where they're in, they're in that like fragile spot mm-hmm. where the team could blow up because they're just not meshing and where they were trying to hang on to a, a playoff spot and we needed them to hang on to that playoff spot. So it's funny. They're one of the teams that didn't make a move. It's them, Philly, and I, I don't remember the last team. I'm sorry. Has Anaheim made a move? The Ducks? They, they made a move and then Josh made the tweet. He was like, Ducks just made a trade. These are the three teams that have yet to make a trade and oh. Calgary and Philly was on that list. I think Florida was the other team. 
Oh, sure. Florida, right. Yeah, interesting. Um, and all they did over the offseason was trade for uh, Mac and Chuck, so. Right, yeah, yeah. And in the, <laughs> in the last trade uh, deadline, they did a, more than enough. See, that that ended up being an amazing trade for Florida because Huberdeau and Uyghur are not doing what they did down in Florida up in Calgary. And Makachuk oh, is a superstar. Huh? Bill Zito is a smart man. He interviewed here, but they had to have Fletcher. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that that's the kind of trade the Flyers need to make, you know? Two guys who I mean, well, no one no one here is having well. <laughs> so a Konechny, maybe for example. Maybe you pair up a Konechny with uh, I don't know. Name a guy, Provorov or something, <laughs> and and you go get a superstar. You know, it, I don't know. I mean, you find a guy you that doesn't want to play advantage. for a team anymore. They really missed the boat with that. It, yeah, you have to take advantage of these unique situations, like a Chuck saying, "Yeah, I'm not resigning." So, like, okay, well, we're going to trade you then. Yeah. You have to be that team that takes advantage and balls because Florida got got roasted for that trade. They do, and and went out and said, "I don't give. I'm I'm the boss. I'm going to do things my way. You're not going to influence my decisions." And yeah, kudos to him. He really put it all out there after a very unsuccessful playoff run as well, where he traded a lot of assets. Yeah. So yeah, like the, just what guts. You hey, know? I mean, speaking See, of guts, yeah, were you going to say something there, Trev? Just to add on to that, the thing with Matt Kachuk is he had a modified no trade clause or maybe a full no trade clause. I forget what it was. He didn't want to come to Philly. And it's the same thing as John Tavares and Alex Petrangelo. No one wants to come here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, unless you, know you overpay the hell out of them like Kevin Hayes. And you know why that is? Yeah, and we know what because of everything that led to the Rangers taking over the stadium because everybody wanted to come here in the past. Yep. Ray Bork wanted to come here like before he went on to Colorado won a cup. Like we got everybody. Like even if it was like a quick stop like an Adam Oates or something. I mean, just they were always getting talent. Now it's like if you get you overpay for Kevin Hayes is the best you're going to do. Like you just, <laughs> nobody wants anything to do with this team and you, how could you blame them? Yeah. Um, sorry. I lost my train of thought there. Oh. What were we talking about just before that? Kachuk. Kachuk. Got to make a big trade. Connect me Provorov. Ah, uh, that's right. Yeah. I still can't recall. Well, I think I brought up the Florida didn't make a move, but they, they traded for Kachuk in the offseason. You said they're one of the three teams. Oh. Yeah, and they, but last year they, they did a ton at the deadline. They don't have a whole lot of assets left, I guess. I mean, that's that's the kind that's the time where I don't care what your plan is. That's the time where it's like, well, we got to put things on hold because Matt Kachuk's available. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's deviate from the plan a little bit. And this is where Ron Hextall pissed me off a lot because I understood his plan. It's a fine plan. If there's an opportunity to improve the NHL roster, you need to do that. And if a Mac and Chuck's available, whatever Chuck, uh, if a Johnny Gaudreau is available, whatever your plan is, Bite the bullet and make it happen. Because I'll ask you guys this now. If, I don't know, if they only get like a fourth or fifth, a third for JVR, would you have rather moved a first round, uh, the 2023 first round pick to get rid of JVR to be able to sign Johnny Goudreau? 
I say no. And, and the, um, I think what they did is like, I don't know. It's tough. I'm what I wanted no. to happen was keep the pick, yeah. trade everybody and tank. And so, I wanted them to do that for two or three years. They didn't yeah. do that. So my next preference was to trade. Well, the, here's the thing. I heard this from a, a, a lot of different people. The only team that was even interested in taking on JVR in the summer was Buffalo, but they wanted the uh, they wanted the 2023 Flyers first, and they wanted the Panthers pick next year. <sighs> so two first round picks to get rid of JVR. Yeah, I don't know if like looking back, it's I don't know. It's tough. Like I say this every week, either all in or all out. Either tank and blow it up, trade everyone, and get do your best to get Bedard or one of these top guys and tank for two or three years and load up this prospect pool or trade the assets and go try making yourself a cup contender. And we kind of were in the middle. So I don't really know the answer to your question. I, at the time I said, keep the pick. And then it's like, you hear that and it's like, okay, well, if you think of it, would you trade two firsts and JVR for Gaudreau? If you look at it that way, Probably, but that's kind of not. That's why they were asking for two ones because they were looking at it like that. Like you're, you're moving a first to get rid of JVR, and you're trading a first to be able to bring in a good draw. Right. Like yeah. if if you think about it that way, it's probably worth it. But when you break it down one by one, that's terrible asset management. So it it's tough. They know Chuck Fletcher's in a corner. This yeah. is the problem. They know that. He's the kind of guy that might do that. We yeah. that's our general manager. We have that guy. Like we have the idiot. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like the village idiot resides here. Like that's the frustrating part is we don't have we don't have a Billy Guerin. We don't have um a Yarmo Kekalainen. Jack, you love that guy in, in Columbus. We don't we don't have those guys who are not only smart, but they have a set of balls, right? And uh we have the opposite of, of that. Whatever the opposite is, we have that, you know, where he's kind of his tail's between his legs and, you know, he's probably out at odds, you know, having a, a drink and, oh, you know, it's the trade Falling deadline. Off his bar stool. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. like, come on. Like, this is what we got and it sucks. It's uh, demoralizing a little bit. Uh, yeah. What kind of irks me is they tr they didn't want to do the Goudreau thing, even though he came out and said he probably would have taken less to stay or to come here rather. But you know, he they were like, no, we're not going to move those assets, and then proceed to not finish in any you know in true fashion to get Bedard or anything like that. Like they're off season getting D'Angelo, getting Delorier, and you know doing that the retool Charlie. And then not getting rid of JVR, bringing in Goudreau was like that was the first time we all pumped the brakes. We're like, okay, well, we thought we were retooling here aggressively. Your words, not ours. And they just pumped the brakes. And now they're treating that pick. No, it's too valuable to us. It's like okay, it's a little too late for that. But maybe they realize how bad they are. And then they go on this like pretty decent run with Tortorella where they win more than we would have liked. And now we're back hoping that they drop a bunch of games. Well, if you were going to treat the pick that valuable, why are we in the spot now where we're not going to really have a shot at Bedard where we were pretty convinced we would get top five at least. Yeah. It doesn't make that the ideology doesn't make sense. Why treat the pick this way? I had a guy in fantasy do it, Jim 
Uh, like in our football league, he would never trade like his second round picks. He treated them like gold, but then he would draft like a backup linebacker. <laughs> it was like, I don't get it. Like, it's like the same thought process. It's just, I, they're completely lost. <laughs> like we are hearing that this pick is important, but they don't know what the hell, how to make it. I'm just, I'm going in circles. I apologize. Our buddy Kenny, Kenny G tuned in again this week. Kenny, thanks for hanging out with us again. Tortorella should want what Glenn Sather was to the Oilers back in the day. Um, I'm trying to remember the Glenn Sather teams. Do you guys recall? Glenn Sather? It, 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 it's Is his next comment years? in charge. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. There was more in there. <laughs> Incomplete charge. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Chuck Fletcher's not. Uh, we don't know what he's doing. He's taking direction from whoever's going to give it doing. to him. He's drinking at odds. <laughs> yeah, right. We got to reach out to That's them. No if we could start recording their weekly, maybe a live show. Could you imagine? <laughs> hey, Chuck Fletcher's here, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's it's disheartening. Um, yeah, no deadline moves yet, guys. Apparently, we're waiting to the very end. That's what we have to do. Everyone else is having all sorts of fun. And... Uh, Flyers fans, we get to watch the Rangers hang out in the Wells Fargo Center. So, Rangers fans uh, have a great time. So, uh, all right. So, we're an hour into the episode, let's talk some fun topics. Um, I guess it's it's fun like if fun. you're a fan of these other teams, not so much if you're a fan of the Philadelphia Flyers. Mm. Uh, but the Metro Division, as it always seems, is once again beefing up with talent, like. These like players know that there are other teams you can sign with and, and tr get traded to. You don't have to come to the Metro all the time, right? Doesn't it seem like players are always getting traded or signing in the in the Metro division? Not with the Flyers, of course. Uh, but but it always seems like the Metro is is beefing up considerably and and they it happened again. Uh, we saw it uh, last night. The New York Rangers traded for Tarasenko a, a week or so ago, and then they traded for Patrick Kane uh, earlier this week. If it wasn't the Rangers, I would say that's a lot of fun, but I hate the Rangers. Um, Trav, what do you think about some of the moves the Rangers have made, and do you think they are a legitimate cup contender after making those moves? Um, are they a cup contender? No, it's Boston. Just give them the cup now. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I love it. They're going all in. And um, I shouldn't say I love it because I don't, but um, I'm not a Patrick Kane fan. Tarasenko's all right. He's not the player he was, but I mean, they're adding pieces. They have a pretty good prospect pool. They got draft capital. Why not use it while your guys are in their primes? And Patrick Kane wanted to go to New York. So I guess it all worked out perfectly for them. Um, I think Igor's got to kind of go on a run here, but I think Boston's obviously the favorite, but like in the East, if, if Carol, if Carolina doesn't do anything else, I think I got Rangers too. In the what about East. Toronto? I love Adam O'Reilly. Oh yeah. Um, and, good call. Uh, yep. I'll go Boston, Boston one, Toronto two. Um, I think uh -huh. Rangers over Lightning right now. So I'll go one, yeah, two, three, that. Boston, Lightning Toronto. Is, every time I see they lose a game, sometimes I'm surprised. But they're just not the team they used to be, the Lightning. There's, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's still dangerous. But it's I, guess, yeah, the, I agree the, with your list. That Eastern list there. Conference champs. 
Yeah. All right. So yeah, the the Rangers beefed up. Kind of feel the same way. I I just don't see them as there's something missing with the Rangers still. Sure, they have the cachet and you know these these fun offensive players, but something's still missing. I'm not sure I trust the defense. And I, I like that you mm-hmm. brought up Shesterkin. Um, all right, so the other uh, North Jersey New York team, the New Jersey Devil. Uh, yeah, the New Jersey Devils. Jack added Timo Meyer. I mean, it was long speculated uh, that he was going to get traded to New Jersey or, or, or somewhere else, but New Jersey seemed like they were always the front runner. Um, what did you think of the trade, and and what do you think he he can do? For, he can help New Jersey do going forward. I mean. The trade itself for them not to have to give up Mercer or um, Holtz was kind of impressive. Um, and just the way this team has pretty much been the, you know, paper champion winning the offseason the past couple of years, grabbing big names. And uh, then you couple the fact that they had Jack Hughes and, you know, a couple of top, top picks that, you know, they hit on one. You know, that's all you need to really do. And then other ones are serviceable players, to say the least. So it's they got like the perfect recipe going on up there, and um, yeah, Myers gonna really just to have him in the top six with what they got going on up there. It's gonna it, it's gonna make them definitely separate themselves from uh, the, the bottom of the the metro and really supplant them right where they belong with uh, you know really push Carolina and those teams we had at the four the five. You know, and they, if they get on a run, they might surprise. They could surprise somebody. They can definitely, uh, they definitely have the firepower. Jack Hughes is turning into he has been for a while now, like an absolute superstar. So, uh, yeah, it's they're going to be scary not just for this this playoff run, but for years to come, which is and just goes to what we we're saying earlier about this stupid uh, retool on the fly. The Flyers were talking another reason why, and they're they're you know they're buying into and they're. I, I'm just a, I just it, I see no light at the end of the tunnel, and so to talk good about our rivals who have, as you said, lapped us, so hard to swallow, it's a tough pill to swallow, man. Devils were at least always at the bottom of the league with us. Yeah. So it looks like they have, uh, you know, they have a core now. It's Jack Hughes, 21 years old, signed for the foreseeable future. Kishie, 24, signed for the foreseeable future. Uh, they went and signed Pilat as a, a veteran. Obviously, he's 31. They um. I'm looking at their roster here. As far am, as, I, am I crazy to think I'm not scared of them? I mean, the at Flyers, least they, Flyers played them this, this year. This year, I'm not like. Well, one, they have no playoff experience for the most part, and two, like you kind of look at their bottom six, like you can push this like, team around. Yeah, exactly. They're a little soft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- I, this is the, the the year where they get the playoff experience, but they get knocked out. So what what place are they in? Is it Carolina, New Jersey, New York? Yep. Yeah, they're forty fifteen. I, I think New York might whop them in the first round. That could be what it ends up being, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean that'll be a that'll be a fun series. New York, New Jersey. Yeah, two big rivals. I remember yeah. rivalries. Yeah, you remember those things now. <laughs> like it's not even fun when the Flyers play the Penguins or the Rangers anymore. It's just like, yeah, god damn it. Um, yeah. So the devil's putting, uh, something together, but I'm looking at the, they only have like six, six or seven skaters signed past this season. Obviously they'll, oh, wow. they'll resign Timo Meyer and they'll get all that straightened out. Is, I would uh, assume, but... Are you on their cat friendly? Mm-hmm. Is Brat an RFA? Sure. Sure is. I wonder what he gets. 
Yeah, he's an RFA. Timo Meyer RFA. He only made three thousand three million dollars this year. Who's I thought that? he was making a little bit more. Timo Meyer. Hmm. I wonder if that's why he was so coveted because that's pretty good to fit under the cap. Is that yeah. right? Three million. Unless cap unless that's usually right now. Unless that's retained. Oh, okay. His cap it was six. I guess the Sharks okay. retained retained fifty. That cap. makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right, so the other team in the Metro, they actually lead the Metro division with 86 points, 39, 12, and 8. Rod Brindamore's Carolina Hurricanes added Yessi Puglia Yarvi, who, you know, is a reclamation project. <laughs> right? Players, he's a player that you would have assumed the Flyers would have been in on as they made it known they were interested in reclamation projects. And I would like to talk about that in a, in a second, but they added Yessi Puglia Yarvi. You know, that's a nice ad for Carolina. Is a is a guy they're taking a chance on. I think he's making three million bucks this year. Uh, they need players that can put the puck in the net. Carolina. I think they they're looking for those guys that can help put them over the top. You know, they're a very balanced team. Um, but yeah, they they were looking for goal scorers. Maybe Puljujarvi ends up being that for them. Uh, they go out and send a third to Arizona for former Flyer Shane Gossespierre to presumably help bolster their. You know, their power play, I believe he's going to play on their second unit. Um, but a puck-moving defenseman, nonetheless. Um, Trav, we, I mean, we were thinking Tony D'Angelo for a while, right? To yeah, I'm, I'm curious where Ghost fits in, just because I kind of thought they wouldn't add a defenseman unless someone got hurt, because, I mean, their three D pairs are, like, top 20 and, like, expected goals for so they're getting the job done that sense. So I, I didn't think they'd actually make a move for a defenseman unless someone got hurt. Obviously, you had Ghost. He's going to help you transition the puck up ice, help you on the power play. Um, they're probably the team I'm going to root for, them in Toronto. Um, Ghost is one of my favorite players. Really would like to see Roddy win. Yeah. Um, I think they still need another guy, though. I Up, up front, that's... I don't know. I don't think they're done yet. Maybe they need a, a goal scorer on the power play. JBR, reunite them with Ghost. Yeah, you got that <laughs> booming shot from the point. He tips a couple in. Let me see. I wonder what kind of cap they have left, actually. Because they, they got they, they got room. Terrible idea. They have the room to do something. All right. Well, let's see here. Sorry, boys. But yeah, two, I, I think two pretty so. Carolina is a team that I think I've said in the past, I would like the Flyers to become like that, where they make these somewhat like these bargain deals, like Shane Goss bear for a three. What's a, what is a third round pick in the grand scheme of things? Yeah. Like, okay. I think the coyotes did a terrible job at the deadline. Like, I know you're not the biggest ghost guy, but like you get ghost for a third after the, the last two years he's had, that's a steal. Yep. And then I don't know if we're going to talk about this, but they waited so long to ch- trade Chikrin yep. just to get a first in two seconds. That's all they got. Like, it's what a waste. Down. I thought the Coyotes had the worst deadline, and there's still a day or so to go. But what a what a shit show in Phoenix. Absolutely agree. Yeah, I mean, Chikrin was hyped up for a good year and a half, if not longer, it felt like. <laughs> yeah. And that's what you get. Like, I was expecting, like, picks prospects like i was i was like i was expecting to be wowed i'm not the biggest to me chikrin's a he's a fine player but i never thought like wait a second we're talking about the same jacob chikrin here right Mm -hmm. like 
Mm. Sure, he's a he's a very good player, but he's he's not you know Cal McCarr, Dougie Hamilton, at least not to me yet, you know. Um, so I thought it was interesting, and then when the return came in, I found I was underwhelmed. You know, it, mm-hmm. it was underwhelming even for for a guy that's not a huge chickering guy. Um, so yeah, Arizona, and then you know only that's, getting a that's third. not good. I don't mean to cut you off, but that's not good for Provorov, a Provorov trade. Jack, what did I say? It's the first thing I said after that trade went down yeah. was, okay, if that's all Jacob Chikrin got, what does that mean Provorov's worth? Because obviously he's the opposite of hyped up right now, right? So I don't and, know. Um, like you, you just mentioned Paul Yarvi. We'll get back to the Hurricanes. I don't remember if this was on cam on here or maybe it was off cam, but like – I, I saw a fit with Provorov and the Oilers, and I was like, all right, well, maybe we can get a first and like a mid-level prospect and Pugliarvi. I would be okay with that. And who knows? I mean, they went out and got Ekholm, who is a better player than Provorov, but I'm curious if that was even talked about. Who knows what Chuck's doing? Yeah, that's for sure. I, just, I really don't have any faith that he's doing How anything. How could you? How could you? He has he he's a bad he's bad at his job. He doesn't deserve any leeway. He doesn't deserve the benefit of the doubt. He's he's the GM where it's like, huh, Chuck Fletcher's calling. Like, let me see if I can fleece this asshole. And if you <laughs> if you can't fleece him, you don't trade with him. He's that GM. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't get exactly what you want from him, you'll you can go find something somewhere else. It's like, yeah, I'll take JVR from you, but you, you need to send me a first, you know. And it's like, if if you want to do it. Let me know. If not, have a great day. Like and- Torts talks about the team getting more respected league-wide. How about our GM getting a little <laughs> more respect out there? No, there's not a single guy in the league that respects him. I guarantee it. No, he, I don't. I mean, I'm sure, he, I'm sure he has friends, but no one's doing him any favors. And to me, that's that's clear sign that you, you're not a good GM and you maybe you're not a good guy. I don't know. Like, Hey, take it easy on Chuck. He's the 28th most improved GM. Yeah. <laughs> like who, who are his allies? You know, like every team, every GM usually has like a team that they'll go to for trades. Like I think Holmgren went to Nashville a couple times or whatever. And I don't even know. I don't think Hextall made any trades, but you, you know what I mean? Like there's, <laughs> there's usually a team where a guy will go to, a couple times to make a couple deals because there's a connection there or whatnot. And I don't know. I don't think Fletcher has that anymore, man. So talking about Chickren, this just popped into my head because you, you mentioned Hextall and you know, they, they, the senators get Chickren Giroux gets a number one defenseman or whatever. And I guess the quote was, well, the GM promised Giroux he would do something. Mm. And my buddies, you know, we're texting in the group chat, kind of laughing about it. And I just remember hearing that Giroux, Simmons, and Voracek went up to Hextall's office during the 17-18 season and said, yo, like, we, we've we played ourselves into a good spot here. We need your help. you got to go get us someone. And what's he do? He picks up Johnny Oduya on waivers, who played <laughs> six minutes for the Flyers. What an <laughs> asshole, man. What a career. Wow. Wow, I, that is. Yeah. Flyers He's legend, Johnny good. Oduya. I absolutely hate that. That makes me so mad for a guy uh, that hung on to Hextall as long as possible. To hear stories like that. It's like, and then, you, and then, you know, the year prior, he finally, you know, he gets a little cap space, right? Mark strikes off the books. And what's he do? He goes and brings in Valtteri Filpola. He just did the same thing in Pittsburgh. He removed, I think he let, he, he waved McGinn and uh-huh. uh, Kapanen 
and one other guy. And what did he do with that money? He went and traded for Michael Granlin. <laughs> the, the guy the signed funny, two more years at $5 million a year. Yeah, that's insane. The funny thing with McGinn is like when they signed him, like you kind of just look at his stats and his analytics and his contract, and it's like, dude, he just signed Dale Wee's 2.0. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what it turned out to be. Oh, my God, dude. What the hell he sees and so <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't. That hiring never made sense for me unless no. they were going to tear it down. Right. Even like, you're, you're trying to make the most out of Crosby, Malkin, and Latang's last uh, last years of their career. You're thinking you'd hire a GM who's like going to go balls to the wall. You hire the most patient fucker in the league. Yeah. <laughs> they needed like what the Philadelphia Phillies have. Like Dave Dombrowski would do wonders for a team like that. Yep. Yeah, instead they go. They go with the slow, methodical, never been proven approach of Hextall. Yeah, it's it's brutal. And uh, you know, Pittsburgh fans, I wish I could say I felt bad, but you know, you won your three cups, you got to watch great hockey for however many years. So, you know, sucks, but I guess you you know, you were due. You're due for this. Um huh. all right, so uh, there's only one or two Metro teams left here because every team in the Metro's made moves except for the Flyers. I mean, the Pittsburgh made bad moves. Um, <laughs> but and Jack, I mean, I mean, you'll like this one. So Columbus, GM's got he's got balls and he's very smart. You know, he's a good talent evaluator. Team's in transition. Uh, they found a way to trade for Johnny Gaudreau, and they're at the bottom of the league right now. They are in prime pole position for Connor Bedard. Uh, they cleared cap today, I think it was, by trading former flyer uh, Jake uh, Jake Voracek to the Arizona Coyotes along with a six-round pick. Clear cap dump. Uh, Jake Voracek rumored to, you know, his career is, it looks like it's in jeopardy. And if you're getting traded to the Coyotes, you know, as a cap dump, it, it probably means, you know, you, your career is potentially over, unfortunately. Um, but the GM has got a plan. He's not afraid to bring in talent. Uh, and you know, this is what I'm saying. He had a plan. Johnny Gaudreau wants to sign with the blue jackets. You bring in Johnny Gaudreau and still somehow follow the plan. Do you know what I mean? Uh, so Jack, I mean, you want to touch on what's happening in Columbus a little bit? Yeah. People like to do you know, shit on them all year about how, they, you know, they went out. They were the ones who went out and got Gaudreau, and uh, they're at the bottom of the league. Well, let's not forget, a lot of that had to do with injury. Not that I thought they were very good. I think a lot of us, when we ranked the Metro, had them like seven with ourselves eight. Uh, but they still, you have an eye. Yarmo Kakalainen said it himself, like, and you have mentioned this earlier in the show, some players become available where you throw the plan out the window and you go get that player. If he felt that was something that fell into his lap and had the balls to go do it and now finds himself in a situation where he'll have some cap space and get a top, top pick of this draft because Bedard's not the only player who could step into an NHL lineup. Plus he's drafted well, like they can really make things happen fast and jump right in there with some of these top teams we discussed earlier where, again, we're going to, we're going to quick retool. Like, it's just, I would much rather be anybody else in this division by a long shot. Yeah. And we're looking at Zach Wierenski on LTIR. Voracek obviously has missed the majority of the season. Uh, Columbus then traded a couple guys and, and retained salary on them. So uh, they were able to trade Gustav Nyquist to 
uh, off the top of my head, I'm not remembering, but I think it was a JVR suitor. Was it Minnesota? I think that's um, right. Minnesota got Johansson and yeah, because they said was the it two of them. It was yeah, because it said somebody wrote the two of them for like less money than JVR. It was a better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So yeah, what, they, yep. what they're going to do is they're going to LTIR Nyquist until the playoffs, and then that's their, you know, they can circumvent the cap or whatever the hell they're doing in Minnesota. I mean, they got a smart GM. They got a, G, a GM with a plan and a set of balls. I mean, imagine that. Uh, and then the Jonathan Quick. So, Trav, Columbus, <laughs> I'll let you uh, talk about this one because, you know, Quick's one of your favorite players. Los Angeles did this guy dirty. You want to talk about this trade? Yeah, I mean – it it's risky. You know what? You trade a guy who's that beloved in your locker room by, I mean, I mean, Frank kind of reported it like Kopitar and Dowdy were emotional and quicks like freaking the hell out on the plane. Like that can really screw up a locker room chemistry. And that's, you don't do that at the deadline. And as someone who's a really big Jonathan Quick fan, I kind of hope it bites him in the ass. Now, I don't get me wrong. Quick has been bad this year, and it made sense that this was probably going to be his last year. He's going to retire in a couple months. But I would have held on to him as your number three just so you don't mess up that locker room chemistry. Um, you just carry three goalies all year. He's not going to play unless someone gets hurt. They have the cap to do that. But – if you do decide to trade him, at least let the guy know. The guy's the guy's one of the best players in your franchise's history. He's been there 16 years, two cups, a con smythe, how many all-star games, and you blindside him after a game and tell him he's traded. He had no idea. And then you make him fly back on the plane with you guys. An absolute joke, but I don't even know the guy's name. I don't know who replaced Dean Lombardi over there. Can't Isn't think of his Rob name Blake? off the top of my head. Is, Is it, it Rob Blake? Blake? I think so. Oh, wow. Well, that as someone who played in the league a long time, that's an absolute <laughs> joke. That makes it even worse that he did that. Let's see if I'll verify. Yeah, I, I saw on a show, I can't remember what, who I was watching or what I was listening to, but they were like breaking down the Kings making a move and they came to the goalie situation and they were like, no, there's no way they move quick. And right. I, I forget the rest of that conversation because of everything you just said. There's there's no way they would do that. The locker room, what he's meant to this organization, there is there's just no way. And then when I saw it happen, I was legitimately shocked because I just heard that conversation. And I was like, wow. And then you find all the other stuff, like the little things you said with the riding the plane back and whatnot. It's like, oh my God. Like that is I hope he gets traded to Vegas and I know he probably won't play, but I hope Vegas knocks the Kings out of the playoffs. Yeah. Like well, just, Thompson's hurt, so I mean who knows when he comes back? Maybe Quick does get some games. Like I said, he hasn't been good this year, and like it's it's hard for me to say like you shouldn't have traded him, you shouldn't have upgraded because you should have. Like yeah. that's the one thing that's holding the Kings back this year is their goaltending. I thought they were going to go get Vimelka, and I guess while we're on the Kings, them them trading for Gavrikov and Corpusalo, I think is terrible management. You should have went and got Chikrin and Vimelka, both. Especially if that was the if that's all you had to give up for Chikrin. That's that's my point. Like, yeah, that was pretty much my point. But like, (laughs) (laughs) Chikrin's way better than Gavrikov. Like, Chikrin's a number one. Gavrikov's like, 
this year he's played like a five or a six. Most of his, you know, the last couple of years he's been a three or a four. Corpusalo has been one of the worst goalies in the league since he broke into the league. This year he's been average. He's an upgrade over quick, but like you have the best prospect pool in the league. Consensus wise, you had the best prospect pool in the league. You got the draft capital. Why wouldn't, you know, you don't have much good years of Dowdy and Kobitar left. Why would you not go balls to the wall, get the number one defenseman out there, get a young stud goalie in Vimelka? They totally half-assed it. And you trade quick and you screw up your locker room. You know, you know, I wonder if the Coyotes and Kings each tried to call each other's bluffs and then had to go elsewhere for deals and both got burnt. What what it's hard to say that I think I know what happened because I don't because this has been going off for friggin' weeks and I guess no one really knows what happened. But Elliot said that um the hold up was they tried getting Chikrin and Vimelka, but they wanted to send um, Cal Peterson the other way and the Coyotes wanted nothing to do with that contract. Maybe you include quick in that. He's petty. No, I don't know. Not get it done. <laughs> He's a little petty not to get that done and then go elsewhere. And geez, you know, you know uh, that blows my mind. What could have been and what actually happened? <laughs> like, I think quick would have been like, okay, I've been bad this year. I'll just ride out the next two months. If someone gets hurt, I'll step in as the backup, but yeah, he's still a king. You know, he's right. still part he of. Could have just enjoyed being in the locker room with the boys yeah. and rode out the playoff run. Like, you know, I'm sure he knows his role, like his real role at this point with the locker mm-hmm. room and the young guys and whatnot. Like, I just feel like because nothing makes sense. The the low return for Chikrin after all this time, you know, actually moving quick for for the Kings. They both seem seem like. You know, and they could have waited a few days, but maybe not. Maybe this they ran out their time and people went elsewhere. Seemed like a desperation move on both sides, and they both were underwhelming deals. I, I Garikov was he just I couldn't believe some of the rumors we were seeing about him and, and what they wanted and whatnot. But that's Kekalana for you. He, he moved from the Phoenix GM to to an All Star, and you know. I'm curious where he fits in there because it it was obvious they wanted a number two to play with Dowdy. Gavrikov sure as hell ain't no number two. I don't, I just, I don't get it. No, I wish DB, we could have had him this right now. I want to know what he thinks. Call him up. Get him on next week or something. Hey, so what did you think about trading quick? Yeah, what was that? Maybe, Maybe it was him that said it. Maybe we asked him gold. I'll make it an upgrade. Well, yeah, he, I asked yeah, him that. He, he, he was, said, and it was him that was like, "They're not trading. They're not going to do that." And they—that's why I want to be like, oh, "I can't believe they did." I'm shocked. <laughs> I believed them. I everything he said made sense. I mean, we don't—you yeah. know—you just look at it. It's, you say, "Oh, yeah, he did all this 16 years too," and those are the only cups in franchise history too. Like, like holy cow! Like they, that is a—they're going to build. They did build a statue of him, did they not? Is him and Dustin, uh, they Brown? Did Dustin Brown. They wow. just did that to him. Like, oh my God. Whew. Yeah. Pretty crazy. I hope stuff. it bites him in the ass. I really do. That feels like one of them that might. at this point. Like, unbelievable. Yep. Yep. But to, like you were saying, Travis, I could see the GM trying to sell it to his current team. I want I want to win. I want you guys to win. Like I had to I had to make a really tough decision. I didn't didn't enjoy it. And I I I wish it was a better return to be easier to sell, you know, but you know, this is what they, this is, that's why I ultimately think it will bite them in the ass. It's not like he went out and really like really upgraded. I think he got burnt in this trade. 
and he looks like an a-hole in the process. Yeah, I would agree. Well, boys, we're uh, coming up on an hour and a half. Uh, we got about, uh, let's say, 90 seconds left. Trade deadline's 3 p.m. tomorrow. Do you, what do you think? What do you think happens? What's what's the move? Like, predict the future, Trav. What what's the trade that goes down tomorrow if there's only one? If there's only one, I'll say JVR to Vegas for a second. Okay, Jack. If there's one move tomorrow, what is it? I was gonna say similar. I'll say JVR to Vegas, but I'm gonna say for a fourth. Oh, <laughs> just remember I said it. So there's like, this is like win-win here because obviously we would like a second, but if they get a fourth for JVR and Chuck waited this long, how do you not, how do you not fire him? You know how do you mean? not fire him already? Yeah. I tell you, the way these guys stay in the front office, they're more, they're better than the Catholic church moving these guys around. Keeping them <laughs> employed. Yep. And we have one more comment from Kenny here. I mean, this is what it is. It's yeah. NHL nepotism. Uh, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, the Bobby Clark connection with, uh, you know, I guess Cliff Fletcher. And then, yeah, there's so, a relationship. So, someone there. in a group chat today, I'll keep it quick. Someone in a group chat I'm in today said, uh, tired, fire Chuck Fletcher, wired, hire Cliff Fletcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, anything at this point. Just give, give us a guy with brains and a set of balls. It's, it's, that's all I want, you know? I, I'd be honest, I hate, I hate Bobby Clark's fr- friendship with Cliff Fletcher. And we yep. could have had Barry Zito in here, or Bill Zito in here, excuse me. Uh, we, we could have had him, who was just the offspring of Kekalainen. And instead, we got Chuck Fletcher. Yeah. And now I don't even remember what the sun looks like. Yeah, my, my dad, diehard Flyers fans, watched both Cups. He hates Bobby Clark now because I tell him everything that goes on. He he hates Bobby Clark. It's unbelievable. It's, it's, it's shame, almost like he's on purpose. Yeah, it's 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 a shame. Yeah, like Bob Clark, Ron Hextall, like these are guys that we love. We're, we're you know as players, you know we loved, and I love Bobby Clark, the GM back in the day. But anymore, it's like, come on, get him out of here. Like we sometimes, need sometimes it, I think about page. Bobby Clark, the GM, back in the day, and I'm like, with all that money, you know, all that free money, and like they never had. Yeah, they went and traded for Lindros. Yeah, they signed, you know, Forsberg way after. The fact they signed Ronick when he wasn't quite the same guy. Yeah, they had names. Don't get me wrong. They made some good moves, like the Leclerc, Desjardins. But you had free money to sign whoever you wanted. And we never had like Pavel Bure or or uh, you know I could go on and on with the names. When Yager became available, he went to Washington. Like, come on, yeah. like they just I felt you can't like bring in any Russians. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. That. I, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I was trying to think of an English like a, a better name than a Russian, but like an absolute. St- like stuff, even when they got Paul Coffey, he was like 40 something years yeah. old. Yeah, I mean, like, it just, I they could have signed anybody, not a Russian, but anybody. And there was plenty of them, you know, and they just didn't. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know how much he's done good for this team ever since he stopped playing. Quick tweet here from David Pagnot of the fourth period on NHL Network. Vegas would like to add, it wouldn't surprise me to see Vegas pounce on an opportunity so uh, there you go i thought um, you were gonna give me something juicier than that no nah, that's all i got sorry <laughs> that I mean, Chuck, me fourth round pick the opportunity <laughs> is floundering yeah i mean let's even see what they got they, they usually trade a lot of their picks 
And then that is true. They might not even have a second. Or they might only have a fourth. Hey, Chuck, that's all I have, pal. So here you go. They they don't have a second round pick this year. They don't have a fourth or a fifth either, though. Oh God, it's yeah. going to be a 2026 fourth. They have a first round. Here they got a 2023 first on uh, two Man, two third no round way. picks this year. Oh, that's no hysterical. Um, so yeah, He'd keep an eye out for Vegas. Cutter Gauthier with them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if there's a way to sweeten the pot somehow to get that first round pick, you, maybe oh we'll my just God. And Vegas JBR. has some cap space here. Vegas has they, two point yeah, nine million yeah. in cap. That always blows my mind with some of the players they bring in that they sell off as cap space. Yeah, their team's not even good. You look at it on paper, I'm not impressed at all. This changes so much, I kind of forget. I know Mark's coach out Mark's there. still out though, right? Or is he come back? He, yeah, uh, Bruce Cassidy's coach. Yeah, Stone is out. Cassidy's the coach. Okay. Uh, they went and got Teddy Bluger. Oh boy. Uh, well, I don't know why they would do that, but yeah, the, the team is the team is okay. It's kind of you know, meh. I wonder I mean, how that... it. Uh, I wonder how serious Mark Stone's back injury is. I wonder if Vegas is going to be honest about it. Unlike a team we have in Philadelphia. Ooh, <sighs> feels like you're opening a can of worms. We should end the episode. We should monitor the situation. <laughs> there. We'll save that for after trade deadline. So. Uh, tweeted out special announcement at the end of the show on Twitter. The special announcement will be that we are going to do a Twitter live after the deadline tomorrow afternoon. So uh, make sure you guys are hanging out. Come hang out and, and uh, you know, chat with us. Uh, join the conversation. Bring your questions. Um, you may remember, I think we did it over the offseason. Bring your, you know, it's a time to vent. It's another you know, trade deadlines and free agencies and used to be a glorious time as a Flyers fan. Um, anymore, though, it's a little depressing. So you need to vent. You need to get anything off your chest tomorrow. Uh, we're looking at I think we're looking at between five and six, if possible, if everyone can make it on there. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll nail it down for sure sometime tomorrow afternoon. But, yeah, looking forward to the trade deadline, 3 p.m. Uh, everybody who hung out tonight, thank you very much. Anthony DeGrazio, Cheetah Cat. 1793 and Mr. Kenny G, Kenny Grant. Thanks for hanging out in the chat, everybody. And uh, yeah, happy trade deadline eve, I guess. Um, so we're going to sign off. Uh, everybody, <laughs> man, it's just a, a, such a depressing like night. Like, <laughs> All right, everybody, drink your green stuff, take your vitamins, enjoy the rest of your night. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Uh, let's go, Flyers.